Welcome to the IoT podcast powered by Paratus People. Be among the first to find out what's happening in the fascinating and growing world of IoT from the industry leaders themselves. Welcome to the IoT podcast show. Today I am joined by Yolko Koskinen. Yoko is the CTO of Fujitsu Finland. Yoko is noteworthy for his extensive experience in business development to drive change and having over two decades of involvement between IT and manufacturing industries. Yoko, thank you so much for joining the podcast show. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much for having me here. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, and for, for those that don't know, this this image behind Yoko, uh, we've spoken in the past, is a, is a beautiful image of uh, of a lake that's near your house. Is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah, I, I'm a lake. Uh, I have a sauna on lakeside there. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All it's, of Finns uh, has one. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's really beautiful. Um, maybe you could just start by just introducing yourself and your and your role at Fujitsu, how you got to this position and um, your interest in, in IoT, I suppose. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, As I said, I'm a CTO for private sector here in Finland, Fujitsu. And it means that uh, I'm re re responsible for developing uh, solutions and concepts for, for our private sector customers based on our Fujitsu IP and our partner technology and solutions. So pretty simple, but uh, we are focusing very much on smart manufacturing because we strongly believe that every enterprise goodness or badness are born at the factory floor level. And we are best to combine operational technology and IT technology, which I would like to say it is only a technology. And my history is that I said that past two decades I have worked uh, half in manufacturing and process industry in various places and various countries, and second half of that in ICT, so starting with Nokia networks and then through three, four major IT players in Finland, and also I've been I have spent two years in Russia. Wow. And as a hobby, I'm studying based on uh, knowledge management service and dynamic capabilities theories about digital manufacturing as I am a PhD candidate. We'll see what happens yeah. in future. <laughs> I'm sure positive <laughs> things. Thank you very much for that, Yoko. Um, uh, manufacturing is, is is a rapidly growing industry in in IoT solutions. Right? So we we hear a lot about IIoT solutions in manufacturing. Um, I'm interested to explain um, what Fujitsu in your area is doing behind data driven manufacturing and uh, and the operations behind that. Could you explain a little bit about some of the solutions that you are putting together for some of your partners? Okay. Gladly. Uh, the history is that uh, every factory is uh, more or less like uh, silo driven because in past, uh, based on ISA 95 uh, protocol or uh, standards, they were very hierarchical put up. And in past, there were no need for cybersecurity or digitalization. It's just focus on availability and production performance. So this is the current situation and now uh, many companies have realized that uh, while enterprise and end 
use services are digitalized and everybody is fussing about those and what do, should we do for factories. So that is the thing that we need to transfer current old-fashioned factories to be modern microservice capable factories. So we are focusing here at Fujitsu that uh, how to make this happen, how we can uh, break down the silos and, and enable factories be effective and, and data-driven and, and real-time driven. But the whole base is the quality of data and that's why we are focusing very much on uh, data management, harmonizing the data models, which is based for digital wins, and also uh, how to collect data, how to store, what is this factory architecture, and that we are focusing and helping. And the one very good principle is that we need to have for every customer certain use case, what they are aiming for against what, we are taking this old landscape and turn it into a new one. Sure, sure. Thank you very much for that. In, in, in terms of data-driven factory operations, this is a fairly new term to some of our listeners and, and people that are subscribed to the podcast. Could you explain and just go into a bit more depth, if you wouldn't mind, Yoko, about the biggest benefits and potential challenges of data-driven factory operations? Yeah, the challenge is uh, mostly in people's heads, mental driven challenges <laughs> that we need to learn the way from our old fashioned way of thinking and, and we, we and so. So that is the one big because this is always people business and we need to get the business cases behind our decisions. So we shouldn't digitalize because of digitalization we should digitalize for business benefits and against use cases. So that is more or less. But uh, there is challenge that uh, uh, we need to have this data quality to be correct and harmonized and available. Because currently data is not always available. We may need to add on certain additional sensors or something in order to get the avail access to the data. But uh, even though you would have a massive amount of data, it's useless unless you know something where to use it. And that's why we need to have those use cases. Against what we model the factory data sources, realize are they available or not, what we ought to do, how to bridge those together. Yeah. So that is the uh, challenges there, but they are very much solvable. Yeah, I think um, I think that's clear to see in a lot of conversations that we've had recently with people is the shift from the traditional factory and the traditional way of doing things and the mental challenge that they have in bringing this online to a more connected and data-driven model. Uh, and it's interesting you should say that actually, because I think sometimes we're our own worst enemy in the onward um, steps that we can make towards this and the digitization mm -hmm. of this. Something that you mentioned actually just while you're explaining that Yoko was data harmonization. Could you talk a little bit more about data harmonization, the process and how it's revolution, revolutionizing digital transformation and specifically within Fujitsu how you're using this and implementing this model? Yeah, okay. 
All right, so starting point is this uh, factories use case. For example, if they have a use case uh, to have a better troubleshooting, you know, if they have a warranty claim, how to drill down and see what is what causes that, you know, troubleshooting. So then we have that, and then we have a product. Then we start to model with unified machine language that case, and and that uh, way of uh, uh, modeling contains a lot of technical data which are relevant to the product and in each section of productions. So in this way, we have a, like a value chain and data chain with technical values, dependencies between one to one or one to many. And then we have a modeled the way how the production goes and how the product is born. This is then translated with the digital tools to the data warehouse to be modeled and then collecting data in structural manner. Right. And we identify what data is needed and then either uh, we take only the needed data into the warehouse and all the others goes to the data lake. And we at the future would recommend that we have a data lake already on factory level and data warehouse and presentation layer which after with software-driven van, SD van, we transfer either with internet or MPLS to the cloud in cybersecurity manner to the enterprise data lake and for machine learning uh, capabilities and environment. And this is basically a very simple uh, uh, architecture. And the, how to go there is that we go to the customer, we ask what are your challenges, use cases. If they don't know yet, we ad, uh, advise them, build the one. And which after we take what is your current landscape, uh, what technology you have in use, what can we reuse, then what kind of preferences you have for AWS, Microsoft or wherever, if at all, or open source. So we are, have then those building blocks that for this use case, you need to have these and these functionalities, starting from factory floor level zero, because there is this level zero, one, two, three, four, which after goes to the enterprise and so on. So this is like a technology stack. Yeah. So in this way, we build the use case based on that framework, which we have modeled with all those leading technology vendors plus open source methodologies. And it's like a Lego system, modular and scalable, but always against the business benefit. And it's very yeah. nice and challenging. Yeah, I, I can see. I think I think the anal analogy of it being like a Lego set, right, is, mm. is great because it's, it's modular, isn't it? So mm. you can just add things together and um, there's varying aspects there, particularly the machine learning. That, mm. that I mean, it's interesting you used to say the machine learning. How, how much does that play in data harmonization, machine learning? Um, we see we see a lot of businesses looking at machine learning with the advancement of AI. Is is that mm. quite integral to the data harmonization process? It is like one module on the top of it because uh, once we have a data management platform for the company and factory, on on top of it you can build all kind of uh, applications and machine learning is a part of it. I see the great need for machine learning already on lowest level for quality management because we have at the Fuji's uh, computer visual inspection, so we can, whatever we can turn to the picture, we can analyze and detect the failures and, and anomalies there. 
and immediately with the, our uh, uh, infrastructure and architecture, we can turn it into the, uh, through PLC back to work production and say that here is a failure and detection, the quality is not good or bad. So that is one, but then also I see the process optimization, great need for that. First, the data science may, uh, as a person, evaluate the threshold values for good or badness, which after we can predict. But once those are manually set, later ma machine learning can start to automatically adjust it, those threshold values in the future. That, that is very much doable yeah. and applied already. Okay, fantastic. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to learn about today, for me personally, was OT security. It's becoming widely implemented across the mm. industrial landscape at the moment. Could you talk a little bit about operation technologies and why it's important for securing today's industrial networks? Absolutely. Uh, currently, we have faced already many, many uh, activities around the factories. Uh, one was in Nordic countries, one steel mill. They got, uh, they lost their production capabilities because of hacking. And right. based on public known uh, information, it cost 75 or plus million for them to to all overall. So there is many others in worldwide. So um, there is this, it's always people process technology, what you need to consider wherever you have a, a security issue, uh, because your own employee can be one big threat. And, and, and then, uh, but anyway, you need to go, as we have now during the COVID time, we have done the uh, OT uh, cybersecurity assessments very right. successfully. And uh, there is a lot to do, I, I'm afraid to say. And um, But it is that we need to walk through the cases. There is certain Purdue model, how we can layer it and segment the, the factories. That, that And then we define that who can talk to whom and, and how to monitor that systems and others. So this is very key in Fujitsu's uh, operations. And, and we also always want to say that uh, whatever we are doing, we need to do it cybersecurity manner. So we have services for assessment and then transformation because old factory turned to the new type of factory on cybersecurity manner is long process because you cannot shut down the factories whenever you wish. There is certain time per year when it is shut down and then you need to apply money from management to do something. That's why we do the assessment, offer the service to do over a long time, all fixed and waxed, whatever is needed, and then to operate it for them. Right, so it is the growing issue and, and not that easy to solve, but with good technology vendors, what we have uh, within the Fujitsu, we do close cooperation and we have now under development certain um, very new way of thinking OT cybersecurity solutions. So hopefully to say something more in the end of the year or something. Yeah, okay, fantastic. We'll be looking out for that. Um, Yoko, we often ask people in positions such as, as yours, really the biggest um, trends that they wish to see moving forward and that they think is gonna change the landscape. And, and I'd like I'd like to know your insights, but specifically within industrial Internet of Things, where do you think we're going to be in the, in the next few years? How how transformative can this be from from a from a CTO standpoint? 
what what do you what do you expect we us to see in the next five years? Ooh, uh, if I say that uh, this year is twenty one is the year when the awareness is more and more there, and certain proof of concepts are are done. And, and people are thinking as a companies, meaning that what is our digital strategy uh, enterprise, but also for uh, factories. Big issues are because many customers, at least here in Finland, uh, big customers, they have SAP as an ERP, and there is to come S for HANA S4, which means that this is exactly the good momentum to think about what is based on capabilities, the role of ERP in future, than it is today, because of we need to have a dynamic capabilities continuously updating, changing. So we need to take the complexity away from ERP towards the cloud-based solutions in order to have the capabilities for continuous development. That is one thing there and, and, and so on. So it is, uh, and then how the factories are linked, because too often people are developing enterprise level IT and end customers and forget what is the factories. Yeah. So that is, and so I see that now this year is the learning curve, uh, realizing, planning, doing some proof of concept. 22, 23, it starts to grow the cybersecurity thing. Data management platforms becomes more and more common because they enabling you all quality operations. And then uh, factories start to gradually go for uh, predictive maintenance more and more. And that is the next thing to come. We have talked about it for many years already, but still not many implemented. Why is that? Uh, I believe it is uh, uh, too much enterprises have focused for IT and end user facing solutions and for getting this. Uh, uh, factory. But now it's a year of factories, let's say, call it. Let's nominate that this is a year of factories. So it, it will come and, and somebody has done it already, always. But a major part of the companies has not. So that's why it is still to come. And I see the great need that this quality management is one to go and come. So because of at the factory, we need to secure the availability, whatever helps companies, factories secure availability is key. That's why cybersecurity is one. That's why yes. continuous operation is another, that uh, the production is performing. Availability, performance, quality. Yeah. That is overall equipment efficiency. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that at least in coming Two years, nothing. It's data management platforms, predictive maintenance. But then, four and five years time, AI is more and more there because we have now first two to three years learned about the digital. We have a data management platform, which is foundation. We have some operations there, which after is naturally we can put some AI more and more. So then it's turned to that. Yeah. Maybe I didn't explain it clearly enough, but uh, or no, I'm no. too conservative or whatever. But no, I, I think I think you explained really well. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's interesting to know it because you know, in simple terms, if you ask 
people in, involved in IO, I, IoT, what they predict to happen in the future with batteries and, um, and, and various elements of, of industry, you can often draw a mean from this. Mm. And and start to look at trends and, and pattern analysis, and I think it's very interesting what you what you've mentioned, and and also the aspect of perhaps people knowing about this but not yet really implementing mm. it because it's not been a priority. Mm. They've looked at other priorities, so it'd be really useful to see what happens in the future. And um, no 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 doubt you'll you'll be there, you'll be involved somehow, Yuko. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But also I would like to emphasize that one is what is kind of holding it back that. In many companies, factory directors are uh, uh, somehow too strong persons and too influencers, and, and that's why maybe that uh, companies, once they get the uh, business and factory managers come more and more same, then the decision making is better. Now the factories say that we cannot do this because they are afraid availability or performance will go down. Yeah. You know, it's like in, a, in every development that uh, we believe that it should happen tomorrow, but people are, are slow movers. And, and if you need to uh, guarantee sales and profit, you know, that holds you back to do radical changes. So yeah. it's a m many factors to be considered, but it is to come. We are already on the way, and 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 I see uh, great positive things to happen. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a that's a great point to to end the show today here, Yuko. But I really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on and sharing your insights, specifically from your standpoint as CTO of Fujitsu Finland where you've been, where you're going within IoT. It's really insightful and I'm sure all the listeners uh, have really enjoyed this episode. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Tom. And we strongly believe that now it's the time to move and we are here to help. Okay. And I, and I think that's a, that's a perfect closing statement. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for more episodes in the IoT podcast the leading podcast among the IoT community.